What is up, everybody? Welcome to the second episode of the Just Another Car podcast. Podcast, baby. We are here to wreck your world with some podcast news and amazing, wonderful podcasts and car things. We got Park on the other end, as usual. He's making some adjustments over there with the phone. And um, today, we got a few different things for you. As usual, we have our My Time Behind the Wheel uh, segment where I'm going to be talking about the new 2021 Toyota Supra. We got, uh, Park's got some news for you with uh, some Jeep stuff. And, oh God, some Jeep stuff. I'm looking forward to talking about that. And then uh, at the end of today, for our last open discussion, we're going to be talking about cars that predecessors are better than their current models or better than the models that came afterwards. So jumping right, well, let's check in with Park. I've been doing all the talking. How are you feeling today, Park? How are you doing? (laughs) No, man, it's Friday afternoon. Super excited. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Jeep conversation is going to be really cool. Uh, I was looking through some stuff. uh, Okay. Okay. Really cool addition to the lineup. So excited to talk about that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, uh, some sad news, but uh, we'll get into that at the time. Okay. Okay. Going to be a good podcast. Yes, sir. As the first one was. If you haven't checked out the first one yet, before you watch this one, go back, check the first one. Right now, we got it on Spotify and YouTube. We're getting it on Apple Music as soon as possible. Um, but for our first, and they are in, oh, go ahead. they are in sequential order. So if you don't watch the first one, you're going to miss out on all the inside jokes, all the fun. So mm-hmm. you gotta mm-hmm. watch the first one. First. Um, <laughs> okay. So moving into our first topic today, we're doing my time behind the wheel. And I saw the 2021 Toyota Supra. If you haven't seen that video, it's on our YouTube channel already. Um, but I'm going to go maybe give a little bit more detail. And after being able to think about it a little bit more, you'll kind of hear, uh, a post video review because that video happened so quickly. I had to make a, a uh, formulate a, a entire overview and an entire outlook on this car in like three hours. So, um, it's going to be difficult to say negative things about the 2021 Toyota Supra though. Uh, like, and as we mentioned in our last podcast where cars these days, even if they are a sporty car, they have to include all these extra, badges and whistles and heated seats and cooled seats and heated steering wheels and automatic dimming rear view mirrors and all these ridiculous features that cars never needed previously but they're becoming comfort and comfort always wins um so just starting out the 2021 toyota super comes out with four there's four different models the first one is a two-point twin scroll single turbo inline four-cylinder engine that makes 255 horsepower um i just i think that's embarrassing i think it's embarrassing i don't know what you think interesting but i so what what does that compare to the og supra i don't know the original supra but i don't believe there was a four cylinder made i believe the original supra only had six cylinder inline six with a single turbo or just an inline six um, cause okay. the skylines, there are no four cylinder. There's always six. And then as you move up the, the qualifications, I guess, of the skylines, um, once you get to the actual skyline, you get the turbos involved. Um, I thought, I thought that was a Nissan. Yeah. I'm comparing the Supra to the, oh, to the old GT. Oh, uh, I see. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, but in, in moving, moving past the four cylinder while you look that up is, they had yep. the 3.0 single turbo six cylinder in line with 382 horsepower, which is like, okay, 
respect because a 255 horsepower car is pretty basic these days honestly yeah so the og had 321 that, horsepower yeah. but the actual output of the engine was much higher mm -hmm. so let's see yeah i think i think the four liter or the excuse me the two liter four cylinder is just an ode to hey let's adding to the consumerism let's make it cheaper for other people to buy because yeah. the msrp of that one is around low 40s msrp of the other ones is is low 50s so it's an extra 10 g's but it's the embarrassing yeah that's it that's interesting it's just so who do you think they're competing with i think they're competing there? with the ford ecoboost Ford straight four single turbo that we talked about previously um I hate that. I yep. So like a V, the V six Mustang or the the EcoBoost Mustang. Yeah, yeah. Sports cars like that. Yeah, because okay. I I rented a six cylinder Mustang one time, and now I know a girl who has the four cylinder Mustang with the single turbo, and I get it. Like, I hate to say this, but I get it. Like, people want a Mustang, but they don't want to pay for all of that. And it uh, in a in a yeah. like you said with your um. Bronco Sport, a, a four-cylinder engine with a turbo is kind of peppy. It's kind of fun. I just yeah. think. I, I mean, that's what. Oh, go ahead. That's what that's what Porsche was putting in in their Boxsters and their and their. Uh, but they were, and and the guys raved. But about were they straight it. fours? So much were they torque. Were they Boxster fours? They were probably Boxster that's, fours. I have a lot more respect for that engine design because it's all about low center of gravity and efficiency. Interesting. Um, okay, but. Yeah, so let's just move past that because I just think as an automaker, yeah, no, 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 I, I'm, I think as an automaker, you're like biting a bullet to a degree when you decide to make your your top of the line sports car a four cylinder. Like yeah. Toyota doesn't have a sports car. Ford doesn't have a sports car anymore. Uh, the Supra. What about the VRZ? Are we considering that a super intense sports car? And and that's not not a super intense sports BRZ car. BRZ is no. super is Subaru, and FRS is yeah. Sub but Scion. didn't they? But but I think Toyota. For some reason, I think Toyota makes it now. Toyota does make the ones in Japan, as far as I know. They make the because gotcha. they're the it's Scions, just the ones in Japan. Okay. You know? Yeah. Right. I didn't know Scion was still a company. I don't think really. I don't think they are. I think they've just been absorbed by Toyota at this point. But the frs is a toyota you know but i, I yep. still don't really consider that a sports car that's like a miata i don't consider a miata a sports car i'll call it a sports car but i know it's a go -kart. interesting you know <laughs> it's a go-kart dude interesting and an yeah. frs is just a modern is... version of that interesting i would love i, I think this could be one of our <laughs> one of our long talks because what's a, what's a sports we car we can really get into what is a quintessential sports car yeah because I think the Miata is the essence of a sports car. It is, it, but we'll, in a let's, sense, let's uh, we'll, we'll keep moving in on with the super. Here. Yeah, I'll yeah, I'll write that down for one of our long okay. talks. But so anyway, so the 3.0 liter uh, single twin scroll single turbo inline six at 382 horsepower. That's the one you get for all the models after that. So they make the they make the four cylinder 3.0 3.0 premium, and then it's the A91 edition, which is like top of the line track flexing all that jazz all those okay. have the same engine so once cool. you move past the four cylinder that's you're at it all the transmissions are eight speed automatics um 
okay, with the paddle shifters, everybody, that's the thing now. That's what cars are moving towards. I hate it, but that's but it. That's it. The interesting, and I mentioned this on the video. The nice thing about this, though, is that this is the only the this is the first and only true paddle shifter gearbox I've ever driven. Where, because you know most paddle shifter gearboxes, if you move down to like twenty two hundred RPM, it'll downshift for you. If you move past like six thousand RPM, it'll upshift for you, and you never actually know what gear you're on unless you're staring at the dash the entire time. You've, I'm uh-huh. sure you've experienced some of that. This Supra, if you're in third, it's in third. It's not going to move until you engage a paddle shifter, which I very much appreciate. Because you can then you can just let it sputter. You can do whatever you want to let it do. You can have actually yeah. have fun, and and your shifts are nice because they're quick, and it's like pop pop. You don't get the same as you do as like like you talked about making the Porsche still makes um, what was it seven speed manuals, six speed manuals. Yeah, it's a seven-speed manual now in some of their cars. Yeah, and there's there's just. But I think you can actually. Uh, it might be an eight-speed manual, and then you, no, it's seven in some of them, and you can you can still get a six-speed in the GT3 cars. Right, and I just that's the difference, which is cool. you know you're not going to make a ton of money on that, but you can add that. You're Toyota, dude. You have enough money and capability to just be like, yeah, we can absolutely we can throw a manual in the Supra in a suit. Like that's what I'm saying. It's. <laughs> The fact that it's a Supra and people are just like, yeah, look, it's like now a Supra. Okay. In the 90s, a Supra drove by, everybody shat their pants. Like, Mm -hmm. it was like, the Supra, the booty is coming down the street. And now a Supra drives by and it's like, oh, yeah, that's nice. Like, literally, it's it's not the same amount of energy because I don't feel that Toyota as a company put the same amount of energy in. That is just my personal opinion, though. Because yeah. the car itself is effing amazing, dude. <laughs> car and dri- so, car and driver gave it ten out of ten. It's the it's the number four best car of twenty twenty one. Car and driver, um, motor. Tr- who does that lose to? Uh, Do you know? I, I can pull that real quick while you because you had a comment. There. Okay. Yeah, I I think that's just interesting, uh, and is it a bigger? trend in the industry that people say that you know i i think less cars are that insane probably because it's so easy to achieve some of these numbers that's right look at the so many cars across the spectrum Mm -hmm. like my my truck has has 400 horsepower 400 foot pounds of torque oh my god we're throwing these number up pretty pretty standard across the automotive world Mm -hmm. Think to get cars that are like the Supra was, you have to get what, like a Dodge Hellcat, you know, or Dodge Demon that has 792 horsepower. When people see that rolling down the street, I think people say, okay, all right, this is insane. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think, and, and shout out to Dodge for doing that, but they have made their products. That's their, that's their product placement. We make insane cars. That's like their whole brand now. And I appreciate and respect them for still doing that. I think it's it's their key differentiator in the market. It's what they're trying to do in, in their trucks now. Mm. So they have a 2,500 power wagon that, that has that Dodge Demon engine in it. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they put a Dodge Demon engine in, in their caravan, in their minivan, mm. just because they're insane. They built an amazing... It's just what Ford or Chevy did with the ZL1. They built an amazing engine... And then they put it in everything. 
People put ZL1s in everything. I'm sure that engine, the 700 horsepower, 707 horsepower Hellcat engine, is going to be slammed into mini cars in the next 10 years. As it should be. Mm-hmm. I don't. Oh, here it is. Here it is. So number one was the. <coughs> oh, excuse you. Number one was the first, uh, the brand new Chevy Corvette with the mid-engine. Mm. I don't love the design of those, but it's pretty cool looking. Second was the yeah, Porsche. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't like the front end of them. I like the back end. I'll, we can, okay. we can do that another time. Porsche 718 okay. Cayman is number two. Cayman. And then number three is Porsche 718 Boxer. They're racking up the numbers, Love bro. Love that. And then number four Love is that. the Toyota Supra. And number five is the Z4, which is the... S- <laughs> oh, man. Because that's the running joke. A Toyota Supra is the Z4. So yeah. it's kind of sad that they're right next to one another there. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, honestly, so I'll, I'll just kind of sum this up so we can move into the news. But um, yeah. if you're looking at Toyota Supras, that means you're also looking at a Chevy Camaro SS. You might be looking at a Ford Mustang GT, or you might be looking at the M2. So this this is like your area that you're playing with, money and features. And I think... I can't say anything bad about that car. Driving it was incredibly fun. It's definitely... it. We put it next to the Miata. It's the same size as the Miata. It's literally really? a Miata-style car, just newer, with a six-cylinder inline straight with a turbo slammed onto the side of it. And it has all the nice new features because it was partially made by BMW. The interior has all those nice features that a BMW would. So yeah. it is the ultimate car w- with what we were saying last week where we said cars need comfort, cars need, or two, excuse me, two weeks ago on the first podcast where cars need comfort, cars need sport features, and cars need the ability to be driven by anybody and they could claim that they drive sports cars. That's yep. it. That's exactly what it is. So it's not the original Supra. It's not any, it's not even the same type of car as that. But it is an amazing sports car for the day and age that it's made in. So maybe stupid question, but I'm I'm sure that there are other people listening that also have the same question. Is the Supra a muscle type sports car? Because when I think of the Camaro SS, I think of going really fast in a straight line. Mm-hmm. And maybe Camaros and and Mustangs have gotten a lot better with their handling where they can actually do pretty well around a racetrack mm-hmm. and keep up with true sports cars like the Miata, obviously they would beat the Miata from a power perspective, but how does it fall? Is it, is it a pretty agile car? Is it go fast in a straight line or is it fall? I think, I think uh, great question, but, um, I think I'm going to have to give you an, unf- well, okay. Cause I didn't, I drove it on Florida roads and Florida roads are pretty boring. Um, they are boring. but they did put it on a track with an M2, I believe. Uh, this was done by, uh, I think it was Motor Trend. Oh, yeah. They ran an M2. That You know how they do their hot laps with their... I don't remember the name of the driver. He's like the Stig for Motor Trend. Gotcha. Um, okay. He's an older guy, but he's been racing for forever. He's definitely a good driver. He ran the M2 and the Supra against each other on a track, and the Supra won. So, wow. I think... Okay. I think besides all the extra weight, it is a, it is a track car. They put all the extra weight in to give you all those nice features. And I know people yep. are already tearing them all that extra weight out. 
there's a gentleman, I don't remember his name, he was mentioned on a Donut Media video where he took, he's he got like one of the very first Supras, took the whole thing apart, tore it all apart, and made a thousand horsepower Supra, just like people did with the old ones. Um, so cool. So I'll I'll put the link to that donut video in the description because it is a good one. Um, but yeah, people are already. And, go ahead, go ahead. And put the link to the super review. Oh yeah, yeah, there. by by a uh, car and driver. I definitely will do that. Um, and by and by us, <laughs> by you when you actually did it. Put, and put, by us. So there will be three links in the description. Ours, which is the best one, the thousand horsepower Oops. Supra by Donut, and then Motor Trend or excuse me, Car and Driver. I think. Honestly, I think that's all I got to say about it, unless you got more questions for me. If you want more info on it, you could definitely watch the, the video we did on it. So how many JACP points, right? <laughs> Just another car podcast points. Right? I, yeah. Oh, man. That's okay. So I like cars that are bare bones and go fast and quick. So I rate, oh, man, I'll give this, I'll give this super an 8.7. <laughs> i know I, i'd say that's pretty good i'm not car and driver i can't give it 10 just because i want less of the of the snobby extra features i just want something that's a freaking rocket around corners do you and think in the road do you think we'll ever see that though i think people will build it i don't think toyota will make it you know gotcha. in a sad yeah that's sad but it's also cool because it gives actual individuals the opportunity to do it more so than a manufacturer no doubt. So if you want a 10 out of 10 super in your mind, you're going to have to wait a couple of years for somebody to rip it out. Yes, definitely. And, and, and make it cool. really what it's supposed to be a monster. Cause the point was, it was supposed to defeat Godzilla and you can't even say that sentence <laughs> with, and be like, well, yeah, but it has all the nice features that a BMW would have, yeah. but it'll defeat oh. Godzilla. Bro. No, I'm not even going to joke about that. <laughs> can't put them in the same bucket. Not at all. Not at all um gotcha move us into the news here my man yeah so the news uh actually going to start off with some some sad mm -hmm. news so people in the car community know who sabine schmitz is mm -hmm. she is the queen of the nurburgring yeah, yeah uh she she passed away this week uh from cancer so uh, moment of silence yeah moment of silence for give her, her real sad give her a whole 10 seconds that's a solid amount of time when you're talking lap times here we go yeah Queen yeah. of the Nurburg, bro. Yeah. That's such a title. So, like to lose someone with that title, the Queen of the Nurburg. So, in all seriousness, go check her out. The first time I had heard about her, she was on Top Gear. Jeremy That's Clarkson had taken a, a diesel Jaguar around the Nurburgring in ten seconds. He was super, or ten seconds, excuse me, just under ten minutes. Mm -hmm. And she basically said, "Oh, congratulations. That's." <laughs> that's nothing. That's no big feat. I can do that in a Ford Transit. And yep. I just rewatched the two uh, a couple of minutes before we hopped on here. Super cool. Yeah. She's an awesome, she was an awesome lady. So we'll also include the link to the Top Gear Part 1 and Part 2 in the description. Go check her out. Really cool way to remember somebody who had such a, a big impact on motorsport. Dude, that was exactly how I heard about her on Top Gear. I loved that she embarrassed Jeremy Clarkson. He needs to get put in his oh, place yeah. every now and then. We love him. We he love does. I love that dude, but we gotta he's gotta get his humility checked every now and then. He's the type of guy that absolutely needs that or yeah, he'd be totally exactly, out of control. Exactly. 
Yeah, so now on to some, some pretty cool news. The new Jeep Wagoneer. So I would put this in a class with the Chevy Tahoe. Uh, it's big. I know. I so I'll put it a, I'll huge. put a picture up on it now, just on the YouTube, yeah. so people can see it. If you're not, if you're listening on Spotify, check out the YouTube too. Um, yep. It looks like a Tahoe or a or a Yukon or something like that along those lines. Or a yep, or a Ford Expedition. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Big boy. Big yeah. Big boy. The reason that this is so insane to me, and the reason I wanted to talk about it today, mm-hmm. one, it's pretty cool. I think it's a good idea. Jeep has such a strong brand loyalty. Yeah. That Fiat Chrysler needed something in this range, right? Chrysler doesn't really make a big SUV anymore. No. Uh, I think the biggest that they really have is the the town and country van, but they don't make anything bigger than that. For a while they had, I forget the name of it, but it was, it was the, it was based on the Dodge. Uh, the caravan, Jeep caravan. No, bigger than that. Anyway, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. The Dodge Dakota. Okay. I remember right? that. That's sort of their crossover. Yeah. yeah. So it was based off of that. Um, so Fiat Chrysler stepping into the, the big boys range. I appreciate that you say Fiat Chrysler because everybody, nobody associates those car companies and they're really the same company. So thank you for saying that. Absolutely. Yeah. We're, we expect real, real car people to be listening to this podcast. There so they, when you know, and you if know, you don't, now, you know, here we go. Now, you know, yeah. So it comes with a hybrid option, 5.7 liter V8 or the Grand Wagoneer coming with a beefy, Beefy 6.4 liter V8. Okay. Also with eight speed automatic transmissions. Okay. So as the price of gas goes up, I can see why you'd want to buy a 6.4 liter V8. So (laughs) not just are the engine options ridiculous. Yeah. Take a gander at how much the base, the base Wagoneer is. I'm going to guess 72. So you're actually pretty much right in the middle between the Wagoneer and the Grand Wagoneer. So the Wagoneer mm-hmm. will start at $58,000. Okay. $58,000. I mean, I gave up on pricing from Jeep when they charged like base model of their truck Jeep, which looks horrific, I'll say, is like MSRPs around like 50 or 60. I'm pretty sure. That's insane. And it's just like, oh, dude, I, I think it's a bare. It's literally a bare bones truck. Like you take the doors off, you don't have anything over the bed. It's literally as bare bones of a vehicle as you could possibly get. And people that's pay insane. for it. That's what. I, that's what I Bro. think when you're telling me these numbers. I'm like, oh, but it's Jeep, Jeep people. Jeep people pay for ridiculous numbers, and for a garbage Fiat Chrysler product. The reliability is trash. End the the podcast here. End it. People need to understand (laughs) that Jeeps are made by Fiat. They're they're not good cars. Do you think? Do you see a Fiat going down the road and go, "Oh, what a quality car"? It's the same people, dude. It's ridiculous. That's so. It's disappointing because Dodge continues to win Truck of the Year for their Rams, Mm -hmm. but they have issues. They have so many issues. Because they're a Fiat Chrysler product. It's just disappointing. Personally, I like Toyota trucks. And 
And but I would seriously rather own a Honda truck than a Jeep truck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're cool. I I I would just, I think I think they're cool in concept, but mm-hmm. again, I'd just be scared to death to pay especially $50,000 for one. Mm-hmm. Uh anyway, so that's just the Wagoneer. Okay. The Grand Wagoneer will be $87,000, oh. but not to be outdone by the Grand Wagoneer Obsidian, which will cost, quote, an eye-watering $99,000. Bro, my eyes are actually watering. $99,000. Is this supposed to be an Escalade? What is the plan? My, my guess is that the Wagoneer Obsidian will be competing with the escalade but still it says jeep on the front yeah no no one with money is going to be like hey dude hey i'm going to get picked up you know every sports team every athlete every actor rides around in an escalade (laughs) it's just the car it's even the government rides around in escalades no one's going to go hey bro you know i know you got that escalade check out my jeep so I will actually be curious since you say that Jeep. I think sponsors a lot. I feel like they're a golf sponsor. Maybe. Okay. Do, yeah. Do they sponsor golf? That sounds right. Sounds right. Or baseball. Maybe. So, maybe baseball. I don't know. I feel like they sponsor something. Yeah. And so I'd be curious. I could I could see someone like Tiger Woods driving this around. You know, like Tiger was driving. I believe a Hyundai. Yeah. When he got and into his accident, I think LeBron so I, James was too. I, I, they got him on the sponsorship for a while too. Yeah. 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 So I could see them targeting, hey, this isn't this isn't your traditional Jeep. Mm-hmm. This is luxury at a next level from Fiat Chrysler. So yeah, ninety nine thousand bucks, folks. Welcome, welcome to twenty twenty one. The hits just keep on coming. Dude, I can't even believe that oh, Fiat Chrysler's making a hundred thousand dollar SUV, bro. Yeah. Back up. It it, it boggles my mind. Mm-hmm. because I feel like families don't have a lot of options when it comes to these anymore, right? If you're, no. a, if you are a family of, of think about your family and what did you guys get around in? I know that you guys for a while had a Honda Odyssey. Yeah. So for people who don't know, I had four siblings total, including me and, and my parents. Um, we tried to do the SUV thing for a little while. We got a Nissan Armada. And I remember, and I was a kid, but I remember being like, whoa, like this is okay. And my That's dad. a big, nice car. Right. And my dad being like, oh, I hate how much we spent on this, but like we need this. Um, the problem was we got one of the earlier models that had some issues. And so we just yep. went to a Honda Odyssey after that because Hondas don't have problems. And my dad was like, they don't. Before that, we had like a Chevy Trailblazer and a GMC Sierra, which were fine, but they're just boxes, you know? So. Yeah. yeah, but still, those are we went with like really cheap cars, which I feel like is what most families do. That's why I we feel bought, like you have to. Yeah, with, you have with, four with mouths four to feed, dude. Yeah, so, and you literally can't fit in anything smaller than a minivan, or a, yeah. I guess today you could fit in a Pacifica with that many kids, but you'd be super cramped in one of those. But even Pacificas, I believe, are more expensive than uh, like Honda Odyssey. Yeah. Not. yeah. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah I think I so. Fiat Chrysler, I think, still fits in, especially with Chrysler and Jeep fitting that sort of luxury yeah. area. But but new Chevy Tahoes, man. How like, much I those? used to think of a Chevy Tahoe and a Chevy Suburban as like those 
those are soccer mom cars from middle class folks that can afford it. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think the real middle class can afford a Chevy Tahoe anymore. I don't think so. I think they're up to they like start, sixty or seventy. So the LS starts at forty nine thousand bucks. Oh, oh, that's which is the lowest. That's it's bad, but it's not as bad as I thought it'd be. And it's still cheaper than this new Jeep, right? The new Jeep you said starts at six fifty 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 eight. Oh, so the the suburban starts at fifty one. Okay, but that's a lot of money, man. I mean those those payments. So my my truck was thir- I owe thirty four on it, and my payments are five fifty a month. I've got no kids, and I got a good credit score. Yeah. And you work your good I job. I cannot imagine, and I've and I've got a good job, so everything checks out there. I don't see how I could have four kids to feed and be making a payment that. I mean, if if mine's five fifty for thirty four thousand, what what is yeah. a car payment for fifty one thousand? Easily six to seven hundred bucks a month. This is such that's a that's almost a that's almost rent. This is such a niche market. They're trying to cut into the. I guess now, especially after you listed all the prices, they're really trying to cut into this Tahoe Sierra market. But it's, I just don't. I don't see the point of paying that much for a Jeep ever. I don't ever see that. I the only Jeep I'd ever buy is like a '90s Jeep when they were still like a different Super company boxy. and they were like actually somewhat solid of cars, you know? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Funny you say that because that's a beautiful transition. Ooh, there into we go. To our long, our long open discussion. Uh huh. So this week we are talking. We are open discussing there we go. cars that used to be a lot cooler that yeah. are still on the market. So, yeah. so this week we're specifically talking about cars that are still being made that used to be a lot cooler. Well, And I think yeah. a lot of the cars that we talked about today actually used to be a lot cooler. Like Jeep used yes. to make a Wagoneer. Uh, if you've ever watched Breaking Bad, yes. I think... Yes, I'm pretty that's, sure that was that, that was a Wagoneer, and that's such a like a cool car for that time. That with was the wood sweet. panels and stuff. Like, yep. it looks ridiculous now, but like during that time, that's what people wanted. I, as strange as it is, as it is, but like yeah. I'll take it, man. Oh, I would still drive one of those today. Those are sick. I'll put some damn surfboards in the back, dude, and just own it. You that's know, that's <laughs> exactly. You have to. It, you have to buy it with surfboards. You have to. That's yeah. a non-option. Mm-hmm. Comes from the factory with surfboards. So is that your first car? Because we're each doing two. Is it? Yeah. That uh, no. No. Okay. Uh, sorry. My my first one's a Chevy Malibu. Uh, you know, I I think I think Chevy used to be super cool, man. Mm-hmm. Like when you look at old Chevy Malibus, you're talking like 60s and 70s. Yeah, yeah. We can put up like, a picture of an old 70s, 60s, yeah. 70s Malibu too. Like this was a sick looking car, and mm. it goes back to something that we talked about last week or last last episode mm-hmm. about cars used to be a work of art. So I re-listened to the Jeremy Clarkson intro to Forza Four. Yeah. They used to be a work of art. They used to be something that people were really proud of. And, and each car was really unique. Mm-hmm. And there was this culture, especially in America, mm-hmm. of these big, chrome, flashy cars. Yeah. And the Chevy Malibu and Impala were, were a part of that. Like, just everyone yeah. was different. Everyone was, was just 
gorgeous. If and I... now the Malibu is just like a, I'll finish this and I'll, I'll let you, yeah, yeah. let you hop in. The Chevy Malibu is in my mind, just like a, a Toyota mm-hmm. Corolla. You Dude, know, I... it's just another meh car. So, uh, for everybody who doesn't know, I traveled my job before the job I have now, I traveled for 16, 18 months straight. A car I rented often was a Chevy Malibu. And there's nothing special about that car. There is plenty of electronic steering, plenty of electronic steering. You don't even feel like you're driving a car. And it, and then the interior, they were just like, oh, big interior, big trunk. That's it. That's all we need. And I had like the premium status because I had traveled so long. I had like a lot of points. So I got the nicer models. <laughs> Still, it's yeah. just a box on wheels. Yeah. Disappointing. A disappointing Chevy. What yeah. else you got? What's your next one? Uh, the next one is is an M3. Oh, oh that hurts. That hurts. I, yeah. I think the old ones are a lot cooler. And are you talking about the ties, 90s ones or what are you talking about? I'm talking all the way back to the E30. And and oh. maybe I'm just a fanboy because every other guy. Do you disagree with me on this or do you agree that's why you're shaking your head? I freaking love E30s, dude. They're the sexiest BMW so ever cool, made. man. And and it's really interesting. Maybe maybe in one of our episodes we can go into how the E30 actually came about. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked last episode a little bit about uh, preconceived conception of car companies. Mm-hmm. I think Mercedes was actually the first one to come out with their sports sedan, mm-hmm. and that is what inspired BMW to come out with their E30 M3 oh. for for so many reasons. The, the reason I think that the Malibus and the Impalas used to be really cool is, is twofold. They looked awesome, mm-hmm. but they also performed, right? They had these big, beefy engines, big block, small block, classic American muscle mm-hmm. in their sedans. Mm-hmm. That goes back to the of, pride. That goes back to the pride. They were like, even if we're making yeah. a sedan, it's going to be beefy and going to have an engine and going to look nice. Yeah. Yep. And I think that is the opposite reason for why I like old BMWs. Okay. These E30s had, I think, just four cylinders, right? Yeah. The, the early ones had just, just four-cylinder engines. As far as I know, yeah. Probably between 180 to, to 200 horsepower at the max tune. This is the essence of pure sports car driving. Not super fast, but it handled absolutely amazing. It didn't look super flashy, but man, did it perform. What? And you could work on it yourself. You could you could tune a lot of it yourself. Mm-hmm. BMW is basically just a piece of technology with wheels now. Oh yeah, totally 100%. electronic, automatic gearboxes. Uh, the new one that just came out has this computerized drift mode, which you oh, didn't need a computer oh, for back in the day. Well, you know. So those and, are and my two. Computerized drift mode has developed because of all the other computer systems that have ruined your ability to turn off your traction control fully yep. and like actually drift. But and I have to ask as a last statement for your cuz the M3s are great. Have you seen Tyler the Creator's M3 or BMW E30s that he has? Is it the orange? I have seen the orange one that He has Frank like a Ocean cream has. one. Frank Ocean has an orange one. Tyler the Creator has like a cream colored one, which I think is super sexy, and then he like a light a light blue one or something. Um, Interesting. Maybe oh, maybe you throw those up on the screen. I can try to right find now. pictures of them and, and throw them up. If I can't find pictures, you'll miss out. But you can. I, I I'm sure I can find some pictures. They're but, they're probably somewhere. 
it's just they're so they, even just the looks dude the looks are so much sexier i love the yeah. little boxy squares they were <laughs> and and if if we inspire you to go look up some of these e30 bmws go look at some of the old six series those were also super cool and you can find mm -hmm. some of them for fairly cheap yeah such a unique design sort of mm -hmm. big uh bigger than the five series but it was still i think they called them grand coupes back in the mm -hmm. day yeah they were definitely gt cars but still very sporty yeah. really cool stuff um okay so <sighs> so moving into my two now i guess yeah the first one i picked is the uh rx7 to rx8 now and i don't oh man this is gonna be hard to talk about so explain why it's two explain why it's two Okay, so the the RX-7, because there are four, three or four where, where you build all the way up to the FD RX-7. I don't remember the model names of the other, earlier two or three. Um, but the, the, the reason it became an RX-8 is because <clears throat> they went with a new car design. And yep. I think that is where they royally screwed up. Because even now, people are like, Mazda's like, kind of talking about remaking an rx7 which i think they might call an rx9 the okay. point being it's so such a good car that they've tried to delete the rx8 out of their history because if they're not even mentioning an rx8 <laughs> you know what i mean like they don't even yeah. talk about it people talk about rx7s people love rx7s they are the sexy i think the fd rx7 is one of the sexiest cars ever made when people lower those things and the body lines oh. that that has with the tail lights, it's the sexiest. It's top ten sexiest cars. I feel it was a lot my of people favorite car. Oh, hands down, it was my favorite car in Need for Speed Underground. I mean, oh, this thing dude, was a yes. lunatic in Need for Speed yes. Underground. Are you talking about Underground Original, or Underground Two? I think it was the original that okay. I first yeah. saw this in, mm -hmm. uh, but then Underground Two was was pretty baller. Yeah, uh, and it was so funny because I. The first car you unlock is the Miata, which is incredibly slow, pretty boring yeah. at the beginning of the you get at the, the beginning of NB, the game. The NB one, yeah. Yep. But then as you mature, right, as you start to unlock cars, you get to unlock the RX-7. It's like, dude, this Mazda car company, yeah, pretty baller. Yeah. And so, and I actually test drove an RX-8 with my dad when I was maybe 12 or 13, so I had a strong okay. concept of cars at this point because he was oh, about to... He was going to buy an Infiniti G35S is what he ended up buying. He was just looking at a bunch of different things. We went to CarMax. We got in the RX-8. I'm 13. I only drive go-karts at this point. And I was horrifically disappointed in this car. It sounded like it was in pain. It ran terribly. It shifted awfully. The interior, you felt like you were sitting in one of these types of things where you're just like slammed into the car. It was like the new Camaros where you have absolutely no visibility. You're just yeah. kind of like in this box. And my dad's only my dad's only six one. His head hit the ceiling the whole time he was driving. Jeez. I was like, dude, this is just a bad car. Like, let's get just forget yeah. that this was ever made. And then um, my last one, which I think this is a heartbreaking thing, is just, and we'll probably get blackmailed for this when, when you know when we blow up here, is just Ferrari in general. <clears throat> So I don't know if people know, and I, uh, I, um, I think Ferrari is like the bitch company of supercars. I, I'll probably never drive a Ferrari just for saying this, but I'm going to hold to my opinions. I, I've never driven a supercar, so I'm sure if I drove a Ferrari, I'd crap my pants. And if I, but then if I drove a McLaren, 
I'll crap my pants and I won't have to deal with all the social laws that Ferrari created now. Um, Chris Harris, who's an amazing car review, love the dude. He said he made one bad review about Ferrari. He's blacklisted. He can't drive another Ferrari again to review it. He can't buy them. Um, the guy with the biggest Ferrari collection in the world upset Ferrari somehow, and they blacklisted him. He can't. He only can buy used ones, and he has to pay immense amounts more just to get them. Ferrari sued a gentleman for putting his shoes on their car and taking a picture of it and sued him for $350,000 just because he was a fashion designer and was like, oh, my shoes match my Ferrari. Ferrari screamed at, I think it was dead ma five or dead mouse yes. however you say. yeah they were yes. so mad at him for wrapping a ferrari and calling it like the e-wagon or something like that he he made it the cat meme the floating rainbow yep. cat meme Nanta. and they yeah 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 and then so they pissed him off and he said forget it unwrapped it sold it bought a lamborghini and then mclaren emailed him and said do you do you want to do that on the mclaren too so like Lamborghini and McLaren, they're still chilling. Ferrari, so all they're super political now. Pain in the butt, right? That's yeah. not something you want to deal with as a car owner. Number two, no. they um, haven't actually really been relevant in Formula One for like the past 13 to 14 years. It's only been Red Bull and Mercedes. Number three. Who designs the Red Bull cars? Red Bull themselves? Uh, no, know? I think they buy the Ren- I think they also drive the Mercedes cars. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, it's definitely not Ferrari. I know that much. And then number three huh. is they, the last car, the last Ferrari I think was good is the 458. Before that, there was like nothingness. I, I'm just giving a shout out to the 458. I don't really love it. I just think it's a good car. Sure. But the last car that Ferrari Enzo had say in, because Ferrari himself shout out to ferrari he died in 1988 so the last car he had a hand in was the f40 which the f40 is my car that's my favorite car of all time that's the coolest car i think ever made if you've ever listened to just just google ferrari f40 engine sounds The thing sounds like a machine. It's it's the best car, I think. One of the best cars ever made. He died after that car went into production. Or at least after, you know, he was able to say, this is not good enough. Because this is what happens with major companies. Apple has really not done anything since Steve Jobs. They just keep making the same phone. Um, Ferrari, dude, I live next to a Ferrari dealership now, which I never thought I'd say. But I'd, it's like 20 minutes down the road. Dude, they have nothing cool. You drive past their, you drive past the lot of like, uh, it's like Black Horse Motors or something, which is just a sub to supercars here in Naples, and you see these sexy looking Lamborghinis. They're okay. Their styling could improve a little bit, but the McLarens and the Lotuses, they look amazing. And then you drive past the Ferrari dealership, and even the Aston Martins lately have been looking really good. But and then you drive past the Ferrari dealership, and you're like. Why does that one look like it's smiling at me? <laughs> and then you just like they don't they haven't made anything cool in a long time. And I'm interested to hear what you think about Ferrari lately. Yeah. 
First thought is another link we're going to include in the description, which is oh my a 1980s, God. You better text me a list, bro. <laughs> the 1980s supercar power test that Top Gear does. Okay. It is the F40 versus the 959 mm. Porsche. Okay. Really cool to look at the technologies that they had already implemented in their supercars. Mm-hmm. In the 80s. That would trickle down in, into the in the eighties that would trickle down into their streetcars. Second point mm-hmm. I want to make: Enzo Ferrari hated streetcars. Yeah, absolutely hated them. And so it's interesting to see that Ferrari maybe isn't putting as much of a focus on their streetcars because Enzo hated them so much, and maybe that's why they're in such an interesting position. Overall thoughts: I don't know. I don't really follow Ferrari. Uh, I am not a, I, I love cars that are actually realistic. Yeah, that's, you know, and, and watching, I used to watch Top Gear. I don't watch the great race, the grand tour, the grand Grand tour, Tour, grand tour. Yeah. I don't, I don't watch that so much anymore. Yeah. Uh, but I don't really follow Ferrari very much. I don't know. Let's see. Well, in fairness, I stopped following because they made the four, five, eight which looked beautiful, great lines, mm-hmm. good body. I don't know how it really handled that well because I started to become more interested in McLaren. Because, but because after that, I just kept seeing Ferrari make the same car, 488, 488 GTB. And then this one, I don't even know what it's called now, looks like it's grinning at you. I, I'll put a picture of it up and maybe the name of it because I can't come up with it right now. But it's just, I think it's just embarrassing to go from the top dog in formula one in supercar production to now honestly i would put them at like spot number four or five i would put mclaren and lamborghini as the top two then maybe even aston martin them maybe ferrari i don't know it's sad dude it honestly kind of on that sad note (laughs) i don't want to end on a sad note what are you looking up over there I'm looking up the Ferrari lineup right now. So they have the 812 Superfast, the 812 GTS. I'll, I'll put pictures up these as you talk of them. Yeah. The SF90 Stradale. Definitely okay. not Italian, so that might be pretty wrong. <laughs> the SF90 Spider. The mm-hmm. F8 Tributo, which is probably a Tributo to something. Yeah. Tribute 2. We're not what? sure because the is, F12 was cool to. too, but maybe it's a tribute to the F12. I don't know. Could be another F8 Spider, mm-hmm. the Roma, which looks pretty cool. It looks yeah. like the what is it? The F F8 FF. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, oh, and then there's a special limited series. This actually looks pretty sweet. It is the Monza SP1. It is a single seat car. Yeah. Okay. In fit, because, okay, just looking at them, they're going to look cool. But I just want to bring back one final point is yeah. when hypercars became a thing. I know you know these cars a Porsche 918, a McLaren P1, and a Ferrari LaFerrari. Every yep. single test they ro- ran, the Porsche 918 and the McLaren were the best ones. Every test, yeah. I didn't see a single test where the Ferrari won. It got to the point where Ferrari stopped letting people test their LaFerrari against other cars. So maybe something interesting to think about. Ferrari, I believe, is a publicly traded company now. Mm. They went IPO, and I believe they are publicly traded. Mm-hmm. That being said, Porsche is thinking about doing the same thing. I something really Porsche interesting. Mm-hmm. 
something really interesting. Racing is probably not a profit center. It's definitely not. Right? You just put all these money into these cars that they just race. They get sponsorships, so maybe they maybe they do turn a profit, but I can't imagine it's the same profit that they're getting out of uh, 911s. Right. Shareholders care about profit. That's what they care about. Yeah. It'll be interesting to go public and have shareholders be able to say, hey, look, the 911 is just not making money anymore. Racing's just not making money anymore. You guys are blowing too much cash in your racing division. Um, so it'll be interesting. That's scary. I will leave on a positive note because I got to hop to another engagement. So positive note, we talked about some of these cars that have gone downhill mm-hmm. that are that are kind of disappointing. I would encourage our listeners to think about some of the cars that have gone in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think about a Boxster. I think a Boxster has made amazing strides from when it first came out. Mm-hmm. Sure, it's got a bunch of luxurious add-ons that aren't necessary. Faster, better handling, truly an amazing car. The GT3 RS has done the same. The Mustangs have gone from will kill you if you turn the wheel to now they can handle pretty well. They sound amazing. Even so, Camaros have gotten better. The Z01 is an absolute monster. I think it did almost as well in the figure eight as uh, some of the sports handling cars. People, so, people were astounded by the G-Force that that car put out. Yes, yeah. So, you know, for fun in a podcast, we're talking about some of the cars that we wish were still as good yeah, as they once were. But definitely. I think the auto industry is is still headed in the right direction and pumping out some mm-hmm. really, really badass cars. There we go. So ending on that, thank you, Park, for that positive note. Got to end on that after talking about how sad Ferrari's been looking these days. Swoo, scored. And thank you guys so much for listening to the Just Another Car, pa- car Just Another Car podcast, episode two. Like in the like below, subscribe below, hit the, all those links that we listed. There's tons of good information and car content there for you. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you on the next one.